This is Spinal Crap, the podcast about living well with a spinal cord injury. Remember, if you heard it on This is Spinal Crap, it's probably not medically correct, so always check with your spinal unit or an appropriate medical professional. This is Spinal Crap, sponsored by Colorplast, providing effective solutions for bladder and bowel management. Welcome back to This is Spinal Crap. We're very excited about today's show because today we're going to be talking all about parenting. Today in studio, we have myself, Ruth. We have Ian. Hello. And we have Chris. Hello. And I'm sure you'll be asking how a group of childless people could possibly blag their way through a parenting episode. So don't <laughs> worry, even we wouldn't try that. So we do love a good guest, don't we? We love a guest, yes. Today we have brought in two amazing guests who are going to talk to us a little bit more about parenting. First, we've met her before. It's lovely Lindsay Liggett. Hey! Lindsay is an independent living advisor at Aspire and she's a mum of two. And what are your children's names? Reese and Summer. And how old are they? 10 and 11. Lovely, okay. And we have also in studio with us the self-proclaimed best dad in the world, according to his Instagram. It's Ben Tansley. (laughs) Hi. Also known as Tano. So are we going to call you Tano or Ben on this podcast now? Call me whatever you like, to be honest. Um, I've been called many a thing, some nice, some not nice. Um, So yeah, I don't mind, whatever you like. Okay, great. Well, we'll let it come organically. Chris, I'm sure, has already decided what he's going to call you. Any names that oh, you've I'm called, massively darling, dear? Boyfriend. The last time we were all in a room together was for Grace's Alive party, and I've never seen Chris go so fangirl over someone. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Ben, we were well embarrassed with... for you, mate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I got in the car, I was like, oh my God, so embarrassed. Chris was wearing a pair of white Converse, and, he, and I just overheard him at one stage saying, I got these shoes because of you. <laughs> They're really good. Oh, okay. Yeah, they are, yeah, they yeah, are yeah. actually good. <laughs> <laughs> And it was it was kind of restraining order territory. Yeah. <laughs> You're such a dickhead, Ian. <laughs> oh, I didn't write that. <laughs> Chris, what's it like to be reunited with Tana? It's great. He's a really yeah. close guy. <laughs> Thank Tana, you. how do you feel to be in such close proximity to somebody who might boil the family pet? <laughs> oh, it's nice. Yeah, it's, it's all good. All good. <laughs> Tell us about your, you've got two children as well, is that right? Yeah, so I've got two, I've got, uh, I, say, I always say little boy, but he's 13 now, he's he's, wow. he's bigger than me when I'm sitting in my chair, so yeah, he's quite, quite well. And then um, I've got a little girl called Fern, she's 11. Okay. So yeah, they're not, not so little now, both at high school. Amazing, okay, good. So similar ages then mm-hmm. for your kids, but Lindsay, when was your injury? Uh, nine years ago. So your kids were really small. Two and three, yeah. Wow, that must have been really hard work. Yeah, it was. And what kind of support did you have with the kids? So my husband was very supportive. Mm. At the time, when I left hospital, I was in an inaccessible property. So I got something called direct payment, a personal assistant that would come in and give me a hand with cooking, cleaning. I was unable to get in and out of the property. So they would help me get in and out of the property. Okay. Um, So that helped a lot. And then, obviously, my little boy, not long after I left hospital, we started school, so... Yeah. Um So, how did your injury happen, or what happened to you? I had something called a cavernoma that I didn't know about. So, it was a blood vessel sitting on my spinal cord. And two weeks prior, I started getting, like, a tingly feeling down my leg. Went to the doctors, and they said I was probably B12 deficient, and that was it. Two weeks after that, I had a car accident. And I had pain in my back initially, but 
I carried on as you do for nine days, um, went to work, got home and I had the most excruciating pain through my back into my chest all night and I woke up the next day and my left leg was dragging and I couldn't go to the toilet. So I went to the hospital and it was on my birthday so I didn't really want to be there. So I went to the hospital and they said, um, we'll do a urine test and a blood test and check you out they said this it's obviously something neurological so they did that and then they said oh you're fine and sent me home no so i went home and the next day i woke up and both my legs was dragging and still i couldn't go to the toilet but this was a sunday and, and were I you thought, in serious retention at this stage mm-hmm, yeah yes it was it was i was I'd sit on the toilet squeezing my stomach hoping i'd go to the toilet and nothing happened so yeah and then um i thought i'll wait till the monday go to my gp um and by the Monday, I was really struggling to walk. Got to the GPs and they said, go straight to the hospital. Went to hospital and within no time, I lost all my functions. They did an MRI and they said that I had a bleed down my spinal cord, but they didn't know what was behind the bleed. So for the first week, I thought I had a tumour. So I just prayed that I'd see my children grow up. So when they did come in after the week and told me it's something called a cavernoma, it's very rare, you're not going to be able to walk again because you've got a spinal injury and it's complete. I said, is it life-threatening? They said, no. I said, fine. And I sort of dealt with it a lot better because... You thought just, something worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, I felt like it was put in place for me because I sort of could deal with them saying that I wasn't going to be able to walk again because I could see my children grow up. So, Wow. And yeah. and did the kids, did they have any idea of what was going on at the time? They were quite young, weren't they? They were. When I was in hospital, it got worse because my mum, my mum was actually in a wheelchair from a spinal injury, but she wasn't paralysed and I was her carer. So when I went into hospital, she was my best friend. When I went into hospital, she got poorly so I called an ambulance for her and we battled with her for five weeks and she ended up passing away whilst oh, I was in hospital oh, Gosh, which was yeah so I was trying to cope with my injury but also the children not being affected by their nan dying and I didn't want them to relate me being in hospital to me dying yeah you know so it was it was quite difficult it but must have been, yeah. I think with because it was so much thrown at me I sort of had to just deal with it you know you just had to deal with it you couldn't do you think that all of that has made you stronger definitely yes yeah i mean there's no way you can come you couldn't be stronger after yeah you can't come away from all of that without it changing you like hugely but my little girl i was in hospital for seven months and i think she felt like i abandoned her she wanted nothing to do with me my little boy was always mummy's boy so he would come in and give me loads of cuddles but my little girl was quite bad until i left hospital moment i left hospital she clung to me Oh. And yeah. So how did you get through those early stages when you got home, you're in an accessible, an inaccessible property, you've got mm-hmm. small kids. How did your daily routine change because of your injury? To start with, obviously, when you're in hospital, you do all your personal care in the morning. Mm. Um, and that didn't work for me. I had two young children and I needed to be up and be able to deal with them. So for the first couple of months, I carried on doing the routine that I was given in hospital. And then I realised that actually, let's change it around. So I changed it from doing my personal care in the morning to in the evening. That changed my life massively because I was then able to get up in the morning, take my children to school, you know, do what I should do as a parent. 
you know, it's lots of adaptions, but it's just planning. It's more planning. That's so from what is. you just said, if you don't mind me saying, you didn't go to a spa unit, you were in I hospital. Wasn't. Right, Yeah, okay. I wasn't. In, I live 15 minutes from Stanmore, but I was put into a general hospital. I was always supposed to be going over to Stanmore, but they never had a bed for me. Right, okay. So then I left hospital after seven months. And I went home for two or three months and I did two-week ring fence beds in Stanmore where I learnt... Everything, yeah, everything you need to know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the general hospital, they were fantastic. They were great. They got me as independent as they could. But just going to Stanmore, they tweaked what I needed to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Ben, with your children then, your injury is a lot more recent. Yeah, two, uh, just over two years. So it was August 2017. And what happened... A uh, motorcycle accident, yeah, um, actually Jude was on the back of the bike with me, just oh, travelling wow. home from a family day out, and uh, my partner at the time, Kate, she has a motorbike as well, so she had my daughter on the back, I had Jude on the back, and um, another motorcyclist came around the car and hit us from behind, and mm. um, yeah, broke my back, Jude bounced a lot better than I did, so he was uh, he had a couple of days in hospital with a few scratches and bruises, but um, yeah, he, he was fine. Thank God. What about the other motorcyclist? He, well, he was actually sort of a friend of mine as well, like a lad no. I knew, so sort of circle of friends, yeah. He, he was fine. You know, he's he's had a tough time kind of since, I think. Yeah. Um, of course, yeah. I kind of woke up and obviously the first time I, I checked was Jude, okay, that was my main kind of question. Of course, yeah. And then the second person I asked was like, is, is Tom okay? Um, and he was the first person I called, actually. Aww. And just sort of come around and sort of said to him, look, you know, don't be sad as an accident. I'm not sad, you know, are you okay? And uh, he was fine. So, yeah, someone I knew. And how did the kids, because they were old enough to understand, Yeah. did, did it frighten them? Were they worried? Were they scared? Uh, I, I didn't get to see them for sort of the first maybe couple of weeks. So I think sort of my family made a conscious decision to say, look, whilst he's in and out of consciousness and I was in, a, I was in ice, you know, intensive care, they, they said, look, the kids shouldn't really see him in that kind of state. So I think it was maybe like a week and a half, two weeks, they kind of didn't see me. Obviously, People have relayed messages to them, but yeah, the first time they come in, it was quite a nice moment. They adjust quite quick, actually. You know, it's one thing with kids; they are quite resilient, mm, massively. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And then with either of you, then, like, so there's so much to a spinal cord injury, which you, you may not always be appropriate to tell kids, or you know, you may not know when to. Lindsay, how much do you tell your kids? So it's all been very age appropriate, as I mm. think that they can understand. I've then told them. To start with, I would hide everything from them. You know, if at, at the start, obviously, I had a catheter. I hid it all from them. But as they've got older, you know, they ask questions. And I think when they ask a question, I don't go in depth, but I just tell them. The way I dealt with explaining the spinal cord injury was I had a human body's children's book. We went through all the different organs and then we got to the nervous system and I explained it to them that way. And then I explained to them, you know, obviously when you get injured, it can affect your bowel and bladder. Their age now, 10 and 11, they know it all. My little boy thinks that he's going to be a solicitor to... Um, he wants to be a solicitor <laughs> oh, to help with people's injuries to hope that he can get them money to make them better. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, Link him up with Mark. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he keeps saying that he wants to be a solicitor, which is great, but they're very aware now. Yeah, it's all been very age-appropriate. And you were telling me before that you've actually spoken in their school. No, what I did, because obviously my little boy started when I'd just come out of hospital, so 
I was concerned that people would come to him and start asking him questions. So I just went into the school and I said, if you do see anyone asking questions or you see, you know, my little boy having to talk about it, please let me know and I'll be happy to come into an assembly and talk about spinal injury. Luckily, nobody ever said anything apart from one thing. A boy said, because my little boy is very tall, this little boy said, why are you so tall but your mum's so short? And he went, that's because my mum's sitting down in a wheelchair. <laughs> so, yeah, the innocence. Eh? Kids do, don't they? They have an innocent mind, yeah. Yeah. And what about your children then, Ben? Did they... I mean, mine were older, really, so mm. I kind of, I've been honest from the start, and we do quite have an open, honest relationship. Like, that's kind of been my way of parenting, really. You know, I kind of moved out from the house when they was young, so it's kind of always been me and the two kids anyway. You know, they, they live with their mum, but I have them at weekends, so we've always been quite a team of just us three. Yeah. And I've always parented in a way I want them to be able to come home and tell me anything. So really, I've always been honest with them about about my sort of life and situation. So from day one, really, they came in and it was kind of just open and honest about the bladder, the bowels and everything. like that. And they kind of just, they just adjusted. I mean, that's been my driving force behind my recovery was that I wouldn't let myself be any different. So like if, if I took Jude football before and I stood in the rain watching him, I would do it again in my wheelchair. You know, I can remember the first sort of week I came out of hospital, he had a football match and we pulled up and it was like literally two, three hundred metres in the middle of this muddy field. And I thought, <laughs> how am I going to get there in my wheelchair? But I thought, I've done it before, I'll do it now. And I literally took me so long to get and I got, I was covered in mud. <laughs> but that was in, that was my own battle. Like I thought, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not changing. If I've done it before, I, I will do it again. That's kind of, I think, why my children have adjusted so well because I've not allowed it to affect them in a way where they see Dad different. You know, my life is completely different and everything takes a lot more planning. Mm-hmm. But um, anything we've done before, we still do. Okay, brilliant. That's pretty cool. And I was going to ask actually about activities and if there are things that you miss or if there's new activities that you found with them. I miss little things in it like... Um, this happened probably six months ago. I can remember we'd, we'd just we'd driven somewhere. We'd come home quite late. And my daughter was asleep in the back of the car. And for the first time, I thought, I can't pick her up and walk her yeah, into the yeah, house yeah, sure. while she's asleep. Yeah. I had to wake her up. and was like, Fern, you know, we're home now. And she had to walk in all sleepy. Little things like that kind of I miss. But they're just, you know, it's not the end of the world, is it? She's, she had to take it through steps, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, things like that I notice. But they only know what they know, don't they? they? Yeah, and she wouldn't have entered her head. You know, that's my little personal personal thing. Um, But actually, the whole time through my injury, like, uh, very early on, like, everybody was coming into the hospital and saying to me, I'd like, if anyone's going to beat this, it's going to be you. You will walk again, Ben. You know, they want to be positive, to kind of give me the positive impact. But my daughter, at 11 years old, was the first person that came in, and she said to me, do you know what, Dad, I don't care if you can't walk, you're still my dad. And I thought, you know, out of everybody to come in, the hundreds of visitors I had, was a little girl of 11 years old who told me exactly what I kind of needed to hear. So it just shows, you know, how how powerful they can be, really. Mm. Do you find that your parenting styles have had to change? Lindsay, especially with your kids being younger, did you have to be a little bit firmer with them? about behaviour or anything like that? Because you obviously can't run around and grab them or whatever. Do you know what? I was quite lucky, I think, because having two and they're so close in age, if one was being a bit naughty, the other one would stop them. Right. And they sort of, yeah. So, I mean, I've got a friend whose little girl will run up the stairs because they know that they can't get to them. Whereas... Luckily, if one of them did do that, the other one would go and grab them and pull them back to me. So I have been quite lucky in that sense. I actually asked my little boy, I said, 
I said, um, I said, how do you feel about me being in a wheelchair? He said, he said, it really doesn't bother me at all. He said, the best thing about it is I, I, I never have to queue anywhere now. <laughs> he, said, when we go, he said, when we went to Disneyland, he said, I was fine. We didn't, we went on all the rides and it only took five minutes. He said, the only thing I'd say, mum, is I'm just impatient now. <laughs> so, yeah. It's- I went to Legoland during the summer and my sister and her son were over and he's eight. And I don't think he realised that normal kids had to queue for things, you know, and I was in a wheelchair. And so we got the, you know, there's like an app. Legoland is brilliant, by the way. Absolutely yeah, brilliant if you're in a wheelchair. Yeah. And they have a little app that you can get and you can go on it and press on it the next ride you want to go on and then they'll fast track you once you get to the ride and everything and the people that are with you. Um, so it was great at the beginning. Charlie was just like having a great time and everything. And then I at one stage just needed to rest for a minute and I was like, oh, I'm just going to get a coffee. And my sister was like, we'll go down and we'll just go on this little ride. About an hour and a half later, yeah. they're still in the queue. And I was like, how do normal people go to Legoland? Yeah. So. <laughs> I actually wouldn't do a theme park, I don't think, if I, if I didn't have these, I say, perks of being paralysed. Yeah, yeah. There, are, there are one or two. Yeah. Talking about school then, Lindsay, when you said that your son hadn't had any bad things said at school, have you ever, have your children ever had things said to them? No, not at all. Um, and to be fair, that was quite a big thing for me. That was just as I had my accident just before Jude was due to start high school. Okay. So I kind of thought, oh, I'd always envisioned me taking him to his first day at high school and, and stuff like that. So I kind of missed that. But yeah, I mean, and, and I was lucky. Like, I, I documented my whole thing on social media. So I think any questions any kids had or anything like that was out there for them to read. So yeah, I don't know, no, no negative things, or not that the kids have told me. Just out of interest, do your own kids follow you on social media? Yeah, they, they, do, yeah. they go back. Okay. Yeah, my daughter's only just started. Right, and we we didn't let her have it, so she just started high school. So now she's got yeah, it, but she does sure. follow me. Yeah. What's the um? What, what are your handles? If somebody um, wants to follow you, it's Tano underscore HG is my Instagram. It's the only one I use. That's Instagram and Lindsay, you're also very active on Instagram, aren't you? I've just started. Yeah, I'm just some learning. Of your stuff with the kids. It's excellent. I think yeah. it's really good. Yeah. So what's your handle? Wheelchair live laugh love. Cool. Well, there's two new accounts for, for our listeners to follow. If they're not already, they're probably already following. Well, they're probably following you anyway already, <laughs> Tanner. Um, so, um, yeah, just a general day then, fun day out with the kids. What, what What's your go-to thing? Oh, I do theme parks. My little boy's into tennis. My daughter's into football, so we do a lot of football. I have to yeah. do that as well. I thought I'd skipped it with my How boy. How are you at football? Are you good? Yeah, I'm great, yeah. I'm great at watching <laughs> and shouting. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, we do. We do go to the cinema. We, I do a lot of cinemas because I quite like that. Myself. We do cinemas as well. Yeah, I think you probably do everything you've done but before. There's yeah. nothing actually that I don't do. You know, they go to trampoline parks. What would I do anyway? I'd be sitting there watching them. Hmm. You know, so now they're that bit older. There, there isn't anything that I don't do. You know, I just have to. You just have to check that it's accessible before. That's all. It's just a little bit of planning to make that sure it's accessible. Routine though, yeah. when you're in a wheelchair, li- literally um, anything. I've met a bloke the other week doing a different podcast sort of thing, and uh, he owns a vegan restaurant. I said, "Oh, you know, you should come down, bring bring the kids." I said, "Yes, fine." So we've instantly, I kind of checked the Instagram just to check, can I get in? And there's like five steps going in, and I thought, "No." And about three days later, he was like, "Mate, I've just..." had a brainwave and thought you can't get in I was like I'm five days ahead of you (laughs) (laughs) I noticed it's just routine and that is how it goes yeah Yeah. so if if there are any newly injured parents out there who are you know about to face their new life with children what kind of advice could you give them 
try to stay positive and stay positive to your children because by showing positivity will give the children a good mindset too you know if 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 you start to if you get negative then what does it show the children it doesn't you know you want to try to keep them resilient I suppose your kids are going to feed off you anyway aren't they so I mean you keeping positive is going to keep them positive isn't it that's my whole reason for being positive because when I was in hospital I thought you know if I'm now down um, everybody's down that affects my children affects my parents my friends so I've I've just not allowed that to affect anybody and certainly I, I, I thought you know if I come out and show them if I'm I've had this thing happen to me in life, um, which everybody gets some form of adversity. If I give up and I show them I'm sad and down, it doesn't teach them much about exactly. life. Because, yeah. no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, and yeah. honestly, they've learned more about life in this last two years than I could have ever dreamed to nice. teach them. Absolutely. And I'm sure my kids, whatever they come up against in life, now they'll tackle full steam ahead just because it is you know they're quite aware that things happen you just have to change and adapt and yeah, continue moving forward yeah, yeah, yeah so. sure. i think it makes them more like well-rounded mm. yeah. you know I, my children see people in with disabilities and they it doesn't phase them they don't even ask about it they probably have quite a lot of empathy for people mm. yeah they'll go and they'll apparently my little girl was on a um a trip a school trip and there was somebody there in a wheelchair and she was the only one who got up and walked over and opened the door. So, you know, it, yeah. I just think that they, it, they make them more aware in life and they're just... It's I'm, normal to them though, yeah. isn't it? Like, you know, some kids who aren't seen wheelchairs, then they, that's, it's new, you know, and they should be inquisitive about it because they don't really know, but our kids just used, used yeah. to it. Kids adapt. Like, it's Absolutely. amazing how yeah, they yeah. adjust. Oh, like mine, obviously, don't even. Jude's better in the wheelchair than I am. Like, <laughs> oh, honestly, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say my nephew used to come and see me in hospital, and he loved get, trying to get in the wheelchair, and yeah. he'd be off down the corridor pulling wheelies. Something. <laughs> Jude oh, can wheelie around the house and spin around. Like, he's, he's so he's so <laughs> good at it. Um, Actually, yeah, I'm actually more popular with all of the kids' um, friends because they come in and they're like, when's she getting off the chairs? (laughs) (laughs) And they're waiting for me to sit on the sofa so they can go on my wheelchair. Guys, your spinal cord injuries, now that you have children and you understand what it is to have children, um, does your spinal cord injury affect any future planning or, you know, ideas of having further kids in the future? Would it put you off or is it something that just doesn't affect you well personally I only wanted two so I have made sure that I won't be able to have any more <laughs> um, but for somebody who is thinking of having children no don't let it put you off you know if, if that's something that you want in life don't let it put you off and if you were in a few weeks ago Lindsay for the um, the women's episode when we talked to Sharon uh, Wood from Stanmore as well and it seems that there is quite a lot of support out there for women during pregnancy yeah there the is there's, there's support in the spinal units you could seek peer support from other women that's been through the same mm-hmm. you you still are the person that you was before your injury so you know obviously you will have to seek med- medical advice but I think every spinal cord injury is different you yes. know so what works for one might not work for another so that is a case of just going and seeing what is yeah. available they, they can work and with anything can't they you know yeah. I think if you want children there's definitely a way to have them yeah. Um, and yeah I think like you said like you just you know you get around it so I think your parent slightly different definitely. I mean I met a, a, a bloke in Sheffield actually I went up for an outpatient appointment and he was just outside just randomly started talking to him and his wife and um, she was actually pregnant whilst he had his spinal cord injury um, 
and I've kept in touch, you know, he's bringing me with advice all the time and I speak to him. And actually he was the kind of one what was at work earning the money when the accident happened. But since then they kind of adapted. So he stays at home now. He's like a full-time parent in the wheelchair mm-hmm. and she goes off to work and that's kind of how they've managed, yeah. yeah. And he's, he's, he don't, he, nothing's different. I suppose it's like every aspect of life with a spinal cord injury. You just have to adapt to you need yeah, to. Yeah, it's like What about you guys then? I mean, Chris, you're about to get married. Ian recently married. Are families things that are on the cards for you guys? Hundred percent for me, yeah. I, I, I get, I, I, I recently uh, got a little goddaughter, and she's brilliant. Every time I see her, I get really broody. And I say, like, I was like, oh, well, well. Um, so, so yeah, I give it a couple of like months after uh, marriage, and then. What? Oh, I don't know. It, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to get some uh, house sorted. No, I think once everything's in place, definitely, definitely, hundred percent. What about you? Um, something we've spoken about before the injury. Um, haven't really spoken about it since, but you know, I'm always open to suggestions from Stacey. She's ten years younger than me, so mm. she's um might feel more broody than me, I don't know. Um now. But because um, she works with horses and animals, I think she sort of feels they're her children at the moment. So she I think she feels quite satisfied, I hope. So uh, but maybe one day, you know. Okay, guys, I'm tr- I'm giving it one more go. We're, we're giving yeah, it one more go. It's wheel or no wheel. And I don't care that Chris laughs at me every time we play it. We're playing it. Okay. If you haven't played it before, I think you're the only person, Ben, who hasn't I'm played it before. I'm new to this, yeah. Okay, great. What happens? Everybody gets a box. I pass around the boxes. Oh, yeah, no, give him one of those. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Take one, you idiot. Lindsay, you've played this before, so we'll start with you because that'll keep it nice and simple. Basically, there are six boxes. Actually, there's five boxes because there's five of us. And in each box, there's a picture. One of the pictures is a wheel. You want to get the wheel. That's basically it, right? So, Lindsay, if the wheel is in your box, you win the Spinal Crap mug, the beautiful Spinal Crap mug that I know you've already got one, but you can never have too many Spinal Crap mugs. I'd I'd quite like to, actually. (laughs) (laughs) You have to have a pair, right? You know, two looks better than one. So, one by one, you pick a player and we're going to open our box and tell you what the picture is. Okay. Somebody else has the wheel. Then you have to go head to head with a really silly question and the person with the closest answer. If it's you, you win the mug. If it's not you, you go home with nothing. Do you feel the pressure? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So... Ruth. Oh, you're going to knock me out first. Yeah. I have the devil. It's very apt. Yeah. So is it my pick? Hmm? Is it my pick now? Oh, no, well, Lindsay's oh. just going to pick for okay. now. Lindsay. Good game, isn't it? Great. <laughs> ben? I've got a house. Chris? I've got a, uh, a flower. Again. <laughs> it's you're so lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Ian? And I, again, have a piece of shit. <laughs> so, Lindsay, you can either swap or you can keep your box. No, I'm going to keep it. You're going to keep your box. Okay, open it up, see what's in it. Oh, I have a smiley face. Oh, oh no. you should have swapped. Oh, you should have swapped. Will I ask style? you one of the silly questions anyway, just to see what your answer is? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the silly question is, how many Pokemon are there? Oh, now. Mm. Oh, I should Pokemon? know this, seeing really, as my yeah, children that's why I put it in the children's, Pokemon. the parenting episode. There's got to be. I mean, I don't know how you're going to catch them all. 
You know, isn't that the slogan? Gotta Just catch out of interest, has Ben know this? <laughs> well, there's a trigger because there's like four generations. Who are you talking about? Well, there's you know. seven, seven oh, there. generations, and there'll be an eighth one in 2020. Do you like? Are you a big Pokemon? Fan? No, I found these oh. random facts online oh, okay. for the purposes of the game. <laughs> I'm Roof's also go wearing a Pokemon top. Six hundred. Yeah. Hmm? Six hundred. Okay. Anybody else want to hazard a guess? I'll go higher. I'll go. Yeah, I'll go higher. I'll go thousand. Any idea? 832. Ooh. <laughs> no, go on. Over a thousand. Okay, do you know what? I think we're going to have to give Tano a mug because there's 807. Wow. <laughs> he knew. You knew know, all this time. 832. They're all they lined up. Well, I think that's right. Boxes of shredded wheat to get them out. Never been into Pokemon. Oh, yeah, no. My children I just thought, how the hell are you supposed to catch them all? 807. I don't even know what Pokemon is what, how, how does it work <laughs> oh, I know I'm quite proud of that though. there's a game called Pokemon Go and they go around the street having to catch all these Pokemon it went crazy a few yeah. years ago didn't it yeah. I actually have to say I did jump on that bandwagon at you one did I did a little um, bit a little bit alright moving swiftly along So this is the part of the show where every week our listeners submit a question and we as a podcast team try to answer it. If you could go back to any age, what age would it be and why? Ruth. Oh, gosh. Why do I always have to go first? You're the youngest. Uh, probably am, actually. <laughs> I, I meant the age we're now going to guess. So yeah. I think I would say anywhere between 24 and 26 because it's perfect ages because I think you're old enough to do whatever you want but you're also young enough to do whatever you want yeah that's my answer me I think um, I would probably say again 25 but knowing what I know now but 25 for me was awesome I had a brilliant time at 25 what were you doing at 25 everything what were you not doing (laughs) what was I not doing at 25 more to the point (laughs) exactly (laughs) I would say 21. 21? Yeah. yeah. I loved my early 20s. I was on lots of girly holidays. Um, no responsibilities. You have no Life idea. Life about me. You? That was it. Yeah, Absolutely yeah, yeah. no idea. But yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so did you, have you hit Bifa and all that lot? I did, yeah. I Pineapple. Did, I did them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tenerife <laughs> four times in one year. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder you want to go back to that age, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good age, yeah. I like how you've all picked ages where you're, you're working, though. Like, I would definitely go back to, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't know, young, eight, nine, ten. So, I, you know, I think it's carefree, do what you want. Everything's yeah. paid for. Parents looking after you. Cook, clean. It's easier, yeah, 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 yeah. There is that. Yes, right. Yeah, I'd yeah. definitely go back to there. I think, I think they're really, my perfect, I like the kids when they was like three, four, five. I think yeah. they're funny, just getting a little personality. So, um mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I was as cute at that age, so that's probably that's where I'm going back to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Chris still thinks you're cute anyway. <laughs> yeah, he did say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a few times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you feel threatened in any way? Of course by, I did. Yeah, absolutely. Like you lost your, your I, bro- I was gone. Bro- bro- I did it for yeah. a week. Yeah. He used to text every day. He doesn't text me anymore. It's because he's, it's cause he's terrible, texting isn't he? Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's a, he's I've, a, had to, I've had to go and buy some white Converse, you know, just so you got, I can fit in. Didn't have you done as a jealous type. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just serial, don't know me so well, do you? Serial yeah. bromantic. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. Do you like a bromance? Got to sound 
terrible, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what age are you going back to then? Uh, 12 for me. Yeah, uh, yeah just because like, you know, what's that? when you're 12, it's the first year of secondary school. And I remember just playing football pretty much every day of the week. And you know, when you go out, you get home and like, you go out to the park and you just play football with your mates and like... Carefree. Like, yeah, until like, you know, the sun coming, your mum's like calling your phone being like, where the fuck are you? Oh, I just missed that. That was... Uh, that was a good what, age. your mum's saying to you, where the fuck are you? Yeah, yeah. She's like, I had a really strict curfew hey. like home at six. <laughs> when you get married like, next year, that'll be your wife's Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, it's going to come back around, mate. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> 12 for me, yeah, for sure. That was a great question. So, guys, on that note, we've come to the end of the show and we would like to thank the lovely Ben and Lindsay for coming to join us today. Do follow them on Instagram, two really good accounts. And Chris, how do people ask you questions for your really clever question? So a couple of times a week, we'll put up a post uh, or a story uh, where you can submit a question. So you can either comment on those or you can send us a message on Twitter or Facebook. Or we have an email address, which is thisispinalcrap at gmail.com. Or you could just message any way you can on social media, via email, get in touch. Carry a pigeon. Telegram, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smoke signals. Yeah. Thanks a million, guys, and hopefully we'll see you again in the very near future. Uh, for now, this is Spinal Crap. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to This is Spinal Crap, and thank you to our sponsors, Colaplast. If you like this week's show, please be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media.